Welcome into episode 10 of the Pin Seeker Pod. We have a really fun episode. Our first ever guest joins the show. That'll be later. First, we've got to talk about the US Open. Jacob, how'd you think that tournament went? Well, you know what? Um, for all the shit that it got all week, Wyndham Clark was a deserving winner. It had a really good leaderboard coming down the stretch. Is really the first major that delivered all the way to the last hole this year. Um, which is kind of what we were begging for, honestly, especially when, when we did that live PGA show. So super happy for Wyndham Clark. If you don't know, his mother passed away a decade ago when he was in college and he got his tour card in 2018. So this is now five years and every he's always had like the swing speed of the top guys. So everyone was like, oh, this guy's prodigious with his length, but he could never hit the fairways. He just never could put it all together. Switch putters this year, found a little more consistency, and now has won two huge events. He's solidified on the Ryder Cup team. I think he's up to 13 in the world. I mean, it's it's a really, really great story. But as you know, there are a lot of other things that are worth talking about, maybe even more than Wyndham. Okay, yeah. We'll get into it. Let me just say a couple of things on Wyndham Clark. So he switched from a draw to a fade, right? Yeah, that's he how, always put. No, I think he's he's switched like a lot of top players are doing for consistency. Right. And so his ability to hit every fairway, he has the length, uh he putts just like Rick that's gaining more strokes yeah. around the greens. He's basically good at almost everything if you look at what he's doing. And it's a bit frustrating. And Jacob and I talked about it when he won the Wells. Like we loved this guy the past 2 years <laughs> and he just like could not get it done, so he kind of fell off our radar. And now he, I, I said it, I said it kind of jokingly to a buddy over the weekend when he won. I think he might be one of the 10 best players in the world right now. I don't think that's debatable. Exactly. He laughed at me because it's like, oh, Wyndham Clark. No, this guy is a stud and he should be, I, I feel like he should be a, the 10 most favorites in any time he tees it up. Maybe not this week and he's not, but he's not, that's more yeah. of the US, US Open hangover thing. Um, I, the way that he plays and he's in his prime, he's got everything dialed, hits it a long way, you know, really can play at most courses and do well. Um, you know, that fade, that buttercut that he just plays to get it in, um, with the length that he has, like this guy is a stud and I would not be Mm -hmm. surprised to see him pick off a few more tournaments here. No, I don't think, I don't think anyone would be surprised. And, and most importantly, we're seeing a lot of these top guys, you know, it could be Xander, Cantley, Rory, Scotty even. They're in contention a lot more than most guys, but how many times do they actually win? Wyndham Clark has shown over the past month and a half that he is an, a certified killer. This guy, when he's there, he closes it out with ice in his veins, and it's the super impressive. Twirl. The fucking no. club twirl at the end of round three on yeah. 18. 
I mean, he's he so he just saved a great bogey on 17. Rick's kind of leading. He's the story. Rory's one of the favorites. Wyndham's just there. And he has this like first first major in this position. Last shot of the day from what 180 hits it to four feet. Club twirl like with one of the gnarliest stares. And it was just like, okay, this guy means business. Yeah. And well, if you couldn't if, see anything either, it was dark. Right. Yeah. It was pitch black. Yeah. And the guy hits it to four feet. Obviously, Rick missed that putt and it was kind of curtains from there. But you know, he he won it on Sunday. He he played well. He avoided like he had a couple of shots, I think, on the eighth hole where he saved the bogey. Um, and then coming down the stretch, those couple bogeys, but he he would always level. And he, yeah. it was like, this guy's not going to crack. Like, he, there's not going to be a Mito situation here. Right. So, right. didn't feel kudos like that. to him. Right. I know that, like, a lot of us were rooting, obviously, for Ricky to get that first major. That would have been so, so cool. Um, personally, I know I was rooting for Rory to get off the schneid. I'm tired of seeing this guy just be a, a fucking loser. But he's shown that he is yet again. And, uh, you know, Wyndham deserved he deserved it at the end with that that just that finish you know it, it got away with him I think he was the only person to bogey 15 which played as the easiest hole on Sunday right which you kind of were like oh is this coming because everyone you're you're really expecting coming down the stretch that someone who's never been here in a major championship never even made the cut at a U.S. Open before uh, I think his best best finish in a major was like seventy fifth or something like never that. Never in this position, just never brand new, close, never even close. And but he's shown over the past two months that this is what he's going to do. He's going to be when he's in contention. He's going to keep making those pots. He's going to grind those up and downs. He's going to hit fairways. Yeah. So I like I like Wyndham. It was it was a cool round for me because like I. I would have been completely happy with Wyndham winning. I was rooting for Rick. And then once he was out of it, I was rooting for Rory as we had right. kind of talked about and just flipped on him because, but I, let's, let's go in that order. All right, Rick, yeah. this was the first time he was in contention like this in a tournament. Yeah. I, I know he's been there, but not like this, not right. in the final grouping back to back days. It was sad to see what happened on the front nine on Sunday. Really, he was so close, and you have to wonder how much that that putt on eighteen at the end of round three he missed a missed a three footer, just shoved it, uh, really affected his confidence, and and maybe it didn't, maybe that's just narrative based, but you know, like he, it went from this two stroke lead to the two shot swing there. All of a sudden, you're not the guy anymore. You collect some bogeys on the easy front nine, and right, just like that, he's out of it. Right, um, Rick, Rick, Rick. He he just really didn't play well on Sunday, man. I mean, I think that that's like what it comes down to is just it wasn't maybe it was mental. Maybe it was just not being in that position. He hasn't been. We've talked about this a ton. Like he just hasn't really been in contention like that in any of the tournaments, despite his good finishes. So it could be it's been years, five years, really, since he was in a tournament like that. So it could it could have been that um, he was putting really 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 well all week that hasn't necessarily been the case all year and it's been the case for most of his career that he just hasn't been able to put four rounds together and prove yeah. kind of again that just once once it got tough out on sunday which it really did over the weekend rick rick played in the hardest conditions all week thursday even when he shot that 62 uh was the harder side of the draw 
So he theoretically was grinding more than some of those other Rory Wyndham. They got a bit of a break Thursday, Friday. Uh, right. Whereas whereas Rick played three days in really tough conditions and the rest of the guys only had two. Yeah. And it's uh, so I guess I, I think about this, too. Like, where's the arrow pointing? Is it is it straight up? Is this just a blip and another step for his comeback? Or is this something that can be demoralizing? That's kind of what's going to be uh-huh. time will tell with that. And I think it could go either way. Uh, Rick seemed very steady, even when it was kind of falling apart on the the front nine. He he maintained, you know, what he could down the stretch. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a horrible day. We're not going to sugarcoat it. But I think that for him to get that experience, like it's very easy to make the argument that it's just another step in the journey for him to come back. And maybe he wins one of these smaller events and right. finally gets that major later on. I've always said with Rick, the tournament, the, the majors that he's going to win, it's, it's the Masters or the Open Championship. Like those are my those are my Rick tournaments as he played in in the past. Like those were the majors where he was. I know at Liverpool mm-hmm. he was he was second. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that later this month. But I think that those are the tournaments that probably suit his game the best. And maybe that was the old Rick, but I think I think that probably still has to be said now, just with his familiarity with Augusta. So if he keeps building and he keeps this game going, it's yeah. it's just be such a fun story. Yeah, it's actually, I, I don't think that we talked about this on the pod, but it's just something that I've been thinking about for a little while is that where Ricky, when he had the year where he came in fifth, the top five in all four, or top four, maybe even it was in all four majors, that was 2014. So right. obviously the Masters, good history there. It's not the only top five finish. The US Open was the second major that year. And the US Open was at. Pinehurst, Pinehurst that year where he came in second guess where the u.s open is next year Pinehurst right the uh, open was the third major Liverpool which is next month and the PGA 2014 is at Valhalla Mickey Where's Mouse PGA next year Valhalla so, yeah that's a great point I, I didn't even put that together yeah he's gonna have four shots here it'd be awesome I'd be pulling for it I think it's a little crazy to see where he's being like put at in the market, given that he hasn't won. And you can say this for a lot of guys, but like he's consistent. His his numbers are getting a little ridiculous going into the week. Like this guy's a bona fide winner, and I want to see it happen so much. But it's tough uh-huh. to be the guy that's on him, given where he's priced around. Like I mean, it, it's it's tough to. I want to be there for it, but like even this week, it was like, all right, is he really gonna be? one of the top three guys down the stretch. We were rooting for him, but in the back of our minds, I think we all knew the likely scenario. Right. And honestly, like I flipped Saturday afternoon and you can, the Twitter receipts are there. I I said, Wyndham Clark's going to win this tournament Sunday, Sunday, Rory. uh, We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Ricky hadn't done it. I was pulling for the opposite, but Clark had that look in his eye and kudos to him. He did. Uh, You want to, you want to talk about Rory real fast? Yeah. I mean, what is there to say that we haven't said, man? It's just the same old shit, man. He just, I, you feel I, bad I, for him. All you had to do was go under par on a day so, that where it didn't play that hard. It's insanity because everybody, he gets in the situation and everybody's like, oh, well, I can't lose this time. Right. I don't know. I mean, do I think he's going to get another major still? Probably. But. If he keeps putting himself in these chances and consistently not getting them, 
He's saying they're gonna fa- it's gonna fall one time. I don't know if that's true. He's getting beaten by Wyndham Clark. That should not happen. No one's no. scared of them. He had every opportunity to win the tournament. Like every opportunity, he couldn't make a putt. His couldn't like, make a putt. Couldn't take advantage lines, of his breaks. He just didn't get aggressive at the end. It was so bizarre. Like, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that that was necessarily why I think that he lost. Like, I think he had a pretty good game plan to shoot around par, and and he was the best ball striker on Sunday for the most part. But, like, that especially, what, four, I think that 14 was the hole that did him in. Yes, he, he's not making enough putts. He could have yeah. made two more putts, and he would have won. Uh, but I think you, you could say that about just about anybody. I don't know if you can go that far. The long par five, right? The long par uh, five where he could have gone for it, and that was probably the best play. Um, they were broadcasting it all week about how much easier it was if you go for it and miss than laying right. up. And then once he laid up, just a just a bad shot, right? So bad shot off the tee, poorly shot, poorly thought through second shot, bad very third much shot. So huge break on the fourth and then a not very good chip and then he misses a 10 footer like tiger woods makes that putt and he he couldn't make a putt all day he had the opportunities at the beginning too and like very early on in the round i think that it's just same old shit with rory would he if he wins at liverpool would i be shocked no but at this point i'm starting to flip a little bit that i i might think that he might never get this done I, I'm rooting for it. And I kind of thought like this was this was so set up like this was the different one, right? It's yeah. time for revenge, Rory. Like we talked about all the shit with Liv is over or, you know, reach reach ahead. He can focus on his golf. He can go out there and, you know, like stuff it down the haters throats and right. get it done. Like I, I, I was so shocked to see how he just, I, I kept waiting for it. And he was gifted opportunity after opportunity and just couldn't get it done. I mean, you're right. The game plan was probably solid. Down the stretch when he needed birdies, I would have liked to see more, but whatever. You can't fault him for that. I think you're right. It just, I I, I don't know. what When is he going to do it? Like this, the heartbreak is just stacking up. What did what did Wyndham shoot on Sunday? Wyndham, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Would you Wyndham take was, if you if you if you were to say to Rory McIlroy Sunday morning that he would win if Wyndham Clark shot seventy one or worse? Do you think he would take that one million percent over and over and over? Especially seeing the scores in the morning. That's why I don't think that Rory's game plan really necessarily was the problem. I think that you could argue that the game plan at St Andrews was the problem. And it was similar, right? Where he just played for pars, but right th- those guys, someone was going to come from the pack. There was a lot of guys behind him. It's not that was a, a different Open. story. This right. was three this guys, was, maybe this four. Was, yeah, no, the guys that you know, we had Cam Smith, and we were like, oh, if he gets to six, oh, if he gets to seven, you know, Tommy Fleetwood should sixty three. Oh, if he makes that putt for sixty two, those guys were never going to win. It was not never. all of the leaders weren't going to shoot seventy four. It's just not that type of course. One of those guys was going to shoot 69, 70, 71 and win. I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think that it's tough. It's a missed opportunity. It is what it is. I think so too. Um, want to talk about the course a little bit? Yeah. 
USGA. Always note on the USGA. Yeah, let's let the the course is all I really want to talk about here. Uh yeah. real quick, our our guys, I, I think we actually like had a decent tournament. It sucks that we can't get a winner, but uh first of all, a lot of our conversation last week was rooted in this very specific idea of the course. And it did not come true for the most part, but there were still certain things about it that, you know, had the players that we like do well. Uh, yeah. None of them were really in contention down the stretch, but they still uh, put up good numbers over the course of the week. So whatever, they're, they're worse, uh, worse results to have in a major. I think that I never want to see a tournament played at LACC ever again, unless there are significant changes to the way that it is run. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was, I mean, the whole ticket fiasco was really out of control where they're just, it's not a good viewing course. It's not a spectating course. Like I, I texted you this, it, it's the exclusivity of the club too. Just, right. you know, it's a little stuffy in there. It's not the kind of atmosphere that we're used to having for U.S. Opens. And like I said, when I, um, when I texted you during it and I said, the U.S. Open is open for everyone we're used to having it on these public golf courses like tory pines beth page black pinehurst pinehurst pebble beach where the public can play and now it's brought to this uber private club the crowds are tamed it's not a great spectator course the atmosphere is tamed horrible and it just it just it it was the antithesis of what we're used to thinking about the us open being and especially yep. once the store, the scores started going a little low, people are like, it's not a fun course for the pros. The pros are overpowering it. So it's not really like what we talked about where it's the mix of all of the shots. Like it wound up being a wedge fest for these bombers. Right. And I don't know. It wasn't other than if it wasn't for the good leaderboard coming down the stretch, then this tournament would have been getting absolutely destroyed left and right. It was so lame, man. And I, so I was talking to my, uh, my uncle who's at a family wedding this week. He, he went on Friday, came directly to the wedding. Right. And he talked about how, like, apparently they don't even let anybody famous join the club. Like if, if you're, if you have a name, like Jerry West is the most famous person that, that is there but he, he's very low-key and they like that was because it's been a very long time that he's been a member but they they won't let if you have a name you can't join the club it's Correct. so stuffy he was like from the moment i walked in i hated the place it was just like you have to be here you have to be here and the stadium hole the 15th hole which was you know hyped up for the crowd and everything like that they only allowed member tickets in the gallery the corporate so, tickets? Oh. The, the corporate tickets. So anybody with normal GA couldn't be at the 15th hole with normal viewing. And it's like, okay, you have a 100-yard par three down the stretch where the leader bogeys, it created four hole, three hole-in-ones, four, whatever it was. Just yeah. fucking ridiculous, man. Like this, this course is not all that. It doesn't have enough cool parts to it. And you heard the players, like the holes aren't cool enough to justify this like ridiculously exclusive experience. Augusta is the most exclusive place in the world. And the roars are unlike anything else in the world. Like it's so, it's so frustrating to sit there. Like Rick 
bombs an 80 footer on Saturday afternoon. And there are a couple of claps. Like it's, it's just so lame to watch, especially when there's that good of a leaderboard. It was super weird where like they had like the plane overhead, the NBC plane. So there was like a buzzing noise the whole time. It's right in the city. It's just like you're you're not seeing the normal cause. Like it looked like a live event at some point. It's ridiculous. And, and you weren't getting like people were saying Matt Fitzpatrick. He's like, when I made the ace, he's like, it didn't seem like it was that crazy of a thing. Meanwhile, we're used to having fifty thousand general admission tickets for some of these tournaments. And how many when they wound up doing all the math? Uh, what were the what was the math of the total GA per day? It was I low. It, I think it was like five thousand. Yeah, I think I heard eighteen through Saturday. But then the corp, the corporate. Okay, so it was nine. So because Maybe. the corp, uh, the club bought fifty percent of the GA tickets, and no one had them. Yeah, it was so bad, man. So it wound it's up like being how, like nine thousand. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it's not what I wanted. It'll be there again in sixteen years. The USGA will make changes. In my opinion, this was the biggest US Open failure since Chambers Bay. Totally. Yeah. And honestly, I, I Aaron Hills, you could argue, just because it was so easy, but like the, No, when you write look... Aaron Hills was a failure because they didn't yeah. get any wind. Right. But but on a, this had a lower scoring average. There were no big numbers. This had a lower scoring average than Aaron Hills. Yes. Aggregate. It was the lowest scoring average of all time. Aaron Hills was a 72. That's why. Right. So was I it low? To par, Aaron Hills was probably low. Okay. 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 That makes sense. But the big numbers weren't here. It wasn't hard. No. There was no no 80s on day one. I think there was like two or three on day. Th- it got hard. The only time it was hard was when it got really sunny. And Saturday afternoon. Saturday and Sunday. Right. Um, the front nine was just too easy. I so think. So easy. Uh, just like so many birdie holes. There's legitimate birdie holes, which is okay. But then the hard holes have to be double bogey holes. And none of them were. Even the 500-yard part, they were bogey holes at worst. And even, so, yeah, when you hit it in the rough, like you can bail out to a place where you're not going to make anything more than a five. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're getting, you're, you're literally giving yourself a 10 foot putt almost every time because right. you're bailing out to a 50 to 75 yard wedge. And another thing that, that is, and this is fine. It's like the, these greens were, were Rory said the best major championship greens that they've ever had. So when you're giving the pros on even greens that are perfect Guess what? When it's inside 10 feet, they, most of these guys are going to be automatic. I think Wyndham Clark was like 98% from inside 10 feet or something like that. Yeah, because which of the is ridiculous. Grass. It's ridiculous. And you're used to US Open, you know, those putts roll four, five, six feet by, and then they miss the comebackers. That's how pars and bogeys turned into double bogeys on a lot of these courses. So it isn't it's just lame. enough. It isn't just, I know, it was pretty lame in my opinion. I didn't like it either. I was joking with Jacob because he held on to liking the course as long as you possibly could into early this weekend. He kept trying to be like, oh, yeah, I love it. Because, you know, Jacob did a a phenomenal job and he does every week at giving us the course and telling us about it and how it's going to play. And he had a different idea of what it was going to be like. And how can you blame him? That's what most of the world thought. And the moment you realize that this this place was kind of lame. 
it was just like, oh God. So, so he went from being an apologist to a realist. And I do appreciate you going back on that because look, you, it's tough to judge what a course is going to be like when you, you have no barometer for it, right? Like you're just hearing on the, on the course reports and it was very difficult. That won't be the case this week because we get to play at TPC River Highlands every week, every year. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's really tough. And like the thing is, this happened with Chambers Bay. It's happened with Aaron Hills. It didn't happen with Brookline. Brookline was phenomenal. It was an awesome, yep. awesome event. And, you know, there are going to be duds. But I, th- I think the failure here is, you know, in part the course. But it was made so much worse by just hearing the lame crowds and this stuffy attitude of LACC. Yeah. I just, ah, God, it was so tough, man. Such a missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. Doesn't really feel like a U.S. Open course. I heard a lot of people say maybe the PGA would be good there. Nope. I don't know, man. See ya. I, I, yeah, I'm good without ever seeing it ever again. Me too. Get so, yeah, that's uh, that's the U.S. Open. I mean, still, we're complaining a lot. Uh, good TV down the stretch. Zinger was in absolutely peak yeah, form. Yeah, let's talk about him. Should we? A little bit. Let's just touch on him. Did you see him on nine? Yeah. With Wyndham the, Clark. Oh. I mean, yeah, I just it's gonna so stop. It's gonna stop. It, if yeah, if you didn't hear, Clark is uh Clark's on nine. He he short sided himself and then he's playing this hell. That was a crazy shot. That, that Zinger says if you're going left, there's no way that you can get it within ten feet. And Clark hits this shot and the ball just starts rolling very slowly and Zinger's just doubling down. Just like, there's no, this ball is going to stop. This ball is going to stop. There's no way that he can play the shot. It ends up settling, what, five feet from the hole? Five to seven feet, yep. Yeah, it was just just like, he kept doubling down and then and then they just like, okay, so went to another guy. Really, I, I want to, I want to, so I guess maybe we didn't know that that, that was the case, right? Maybe... Some of us did think it was going to stop. It looked certainly looked like it was going to stop. But the fact that he was just blatantly lying about it, and he, he was so sure that it was going to happen and just kept doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it. When you're listening to that, you're like, uh, how is this guy getting away with being so clueless about what he's saying? Ridiculous. Seriously. I don't okay so it made me think it made me think this like how little do they actually care about what these guys are saying do they care what, about NBC? what the fans think they care about what the fans think at all probably I, not I don't think NBC does the the quality of broadcasting is just like comp- uh, absolutely miles away from CBS with Nance and Faldo and now Immelman it's like it's the, incredibly awful it, it's and we get them for the open too. They, I mean, and Zinger does this nine times around. This was just like kind of the you know the one moment per tournament it seems where it's like all of golf Twitter yeah. quote tweets it like what the hell is going on as they should. But yeah. he has one of these in every single major tournament. He has dementia, I think. He I forgot it, that he said it the first time, and just kept saying it. I don't know. I don't know what his issue is, man. Yeah. He, he is completely unaware. They used to have Johnny just, Miller, who was kind uh, of fun. Yeah, I mean, they he was fun. He, I, I miss Johnny Miller. Yeah, especially now. I mean, and Dan I, Hicks is actually. I like Dan Hicks, the their lead guy. He's that he did the great 
tiger expect anything different call he's been around forever he's he's kind of a stud in my opinion but the nbc team is just like i I, i'm not uh, when they were doing bones too i don't know whatever i forgot more bones yeah well he he doesn't get to do many weekends dan Dan hicks said something really stupid he's not nance so on friday once once it got slightly harder and it was evident that the leaders weren't going to be like 18 under he said something along the lines of he was ridiculing the people who were complaining about how the course was too easy said something along the lines of people were expecting that they were going to get to minus 20 before the weekend even started we're like dude was expecting that no one said that ever that's impossible. Oh, Xander and Ricky were going to shoot 58. 58 on the afternoon? I'm like, dude, this guy's, hang- here, this guy's man. been hanging out with Zinger too much. It's crazy. He probably has. It's been rubbing off on him. Give yeah, me CBS. This is disgusting. I know. I, the only good thing about NBC is that they just have coverage all day from yeah. like the first shot to the last, which I I'll, I honestly, I'll take that over having good announcers. Oh, yeah. I, I can put it on mute. Yeah. I like the music too. Do, 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 yeah, do, right. Do. They always have good one. The open, they have good one. The Ryder Cup, yeah. they got good stuff. It's true. Yeah, CBS doesn't do it, but they got the Masters. They got the Masters. Yeah, but the the other tournaments aren't great. Oh, right. whatever. Uh, that was supposed to be fifteen minutes, but we did thirty. So, anything else on the U- U.S. Open? I hope it's never at LACC ever again. Me too. Congrats, Wyndham Clark. OJT oh, shot an eighty-one. Yeah, that was funny. He's he's dead. Uh all right, let's get into it. Why not? Let's do it. All right, welcome onto the podcast, the producer of the Pin Seeker Pod, Mister Andrew Karsh. Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome on, Andrew. We're excited Thanks. to have you. It, I am so excited to be a part of the podcast today. So Jacob and I actually had a couple, we had a couple ideas for like, like surprise segments uh, for you, but uh, he recently told me something. I'm going to, I'm going to run the show a little bit here. Uh, I kind of wanted to start by saying Andrew and I met freshman year of college. Yes. He was friends with my freshman year roommate who we're all friends with, but at the time that was not the case. And uh, he transferred from Penn State in. And yeah, I mean, we hung out a little bit. He'd basically hang out with my roommate while I was there. Got to know him a little better. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of went from there. Just started hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were talking about it last night. We were, we were at dinner with my girlfriend last night talking about like how we met and like how things changed over time and how like uh, Jacob and his freshman year roommate and I kind of like... Um, Basically, basically, what happened was I was the glue guy. I was the Manu Ginobili. Um, I don't know what the equivalent would be in golf, but I was the glue guy who they didn't necessarily get along the greatest at first. But uh, thanks to me showing up in their lives, uh, we managed to form a nice little trio of friends um, and, and nobody else. Obviously, there was no fourth um, no, there in, until until this lovely guy came along. Nobody else, uh, though. But yeah, uh, very thankful to be on here in all seriousness talking with you guys. I think it's really cool what you guys are doing starting your own podcast, golf podcast. Obviously, you guys are super passionate about it, very into it. And uh, yeah, really glad that I made some friends in college. I wasn't really expecting to do that. Kind of a, kind of a fucking loser in high school and um, college at first. So 
glad to be here with some close friends talking about something that I literally know nothing about, which is golf. Also, yes. fuck you, Rory McIlroy. I fucking hate you, Rory McIlroy. I bet money on him this weekend. He choked like he always does. And I should know better at this point than to bet on Rory McIlroy. I didn't even know he hadn't won in seven years, but he's a fucking loser. Fuck you, Rory. Nine years. Fuck you, Rory McIlroy. All right. Well, we 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 did get that in, and I, I think that'll of... hold up pretty well with what we talked about earlier, too. Yeah, that's uh right. That's a bit of Rory. A lot of F-bombs when it goes to Rory. I will say that. Uh, I'll say this real quick. Uh, Karsh, it was his birthday in February, and and Jacob and I were down there, and we had kind of seen he's gotten very into uh, this new hobby, photography. He's awesome at it. Yes, has very an Instagram. Good. We'll drop it in the link. And we thought it. Was, Jacob and I thought it was really cool that he was doing something, you know, outside of work, outside of what he yep. usually does, that he was pouring his energy into, and it was kind of the origin for our conversation to start talking about golf in a more structured manner on the podcast. So I will say like, in part, you are our inspiration for getting this thing going. And even though you have very little golf knowledge as seen by your Rory McIlroy bets this weekend, we're really (laughs) excited to talk about it with you. For the record, I also bet on Ricky Fowler to win too. So I double L, double L. No, Clark. Gooshed both of them. I said, I said, I said to him yesterday, I was like, if it makes you feel any better, Roy McElroy didn't lose because you bet on him. Roy McElroy lost because he's a loser. It's true. A loser with four majors. But did those ever happen? No, it's a different golfer. Different person, different golfer. Whatever. We've said enough. All right. So now that we got to speak to Andrew a little bit, um, I have actually put together a few questions for you guys uh and I'm, I'm more than happy to chip in but you two can kind of discuss and neither i obviously neither patches nor andrew know what these questions are going to be but i guarantee you've heard of the game before Love uh, it. it's it's a fun little game called would you rather Ooh. this question was floating in my mind all week it kind of inspired this segment would you rather LA Country Club host the US Open again next year or Patrick Reed wins the Grand Slam next year? All four Patrick majors. Reed. Patrick Reed. Yeah, 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 I would say Patrick Reed, low key, sneaky, nice guy. Um, so go, Patrick Reed. I, uh, I was telling them this the other day. Actually, at the Travelers. I don't know. It's got to be six years ago. We went to a, I went to a practice round with a bunch of buddies of mine. I'll tell some stories, some more stories about this later. But Patrick Reed, obviously, for good reason, gets a really bad rap. And we were walking around twilight-ish. So there's only a few people there. There was only a few people to begin with at this practice round. And it's a group of like six dudes walking around, just fucking around with everybody couldn't you know that was the same day that i asked adam hadwin if i should put him on my DraftKings team and yeah and uh so we go up and we see patrick reed and we're like what's up patrick he goes oh what's up guys like i've been seeing you guys walking around all day you guys having a good time how you doing i i was floored i was floored and i was it's now i'm a patrick reed fan 
I still am. You've always liked Patrick Reed. And honestly, man, if you made this question Bryson, my answer would probably be LACC. But I would love to see Patrick Reed win the Grand Slam. I think hating him is just, you know, it's like it's too popular. Uh, Oh, that's a tough one. I hate LACC. I know you hate LACC. That's why I brought up this question. Uh, Brooks, I'd take LACC. All right. All right. Thank you for your input, Andrew. I appreciate that. All right. This one you could probably answer because I you you hate Rory McIlroy now. Yeah, I hate Rory. Would you rather watch Ricky Fowler or Rory McIlroy win a major next? Ricky. I'd, I'd rather watch them both get hit by a bus because I hate them both. But that said, um, I'm not sorry. But uh, probably probably Ricky, um, just because as like a someone who knows basically nothing about golf except like oh I know Ricky Fowler's name I'll bet on him. Good, good logic, but um. I feel like Ricky's less of a historically known golfer than Rory, and therefore you got to root for the underdog, obviously. So, I in, like in my, I, in my I opinion, this, better. Is, this is an easy question. I neither of them are ever going to win a major again. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll yep. clip that. All right, cool. All right, moving on. Would you rather another one? That's an easy answer for me. Would you rather your favorite sports team wins one championship, so next year they win the championship, or your second favorite sports team win every year for the next five years? That's a great question. I think you guys will both be on one side. I need to think about mine. Let's all say our, our, our top two teams. All right, I'll go first. Uh, it's a tough choice for me, which I think makes this answer a little bit easier for me. So like... So between I have two favorite teams. I'd say number one is probably the the Sixers, unfortunately. Probably. Um, and then I would say very very close second is Penn State football. Since I spent a year at Penn State from a Penn State family, uh, obviously super fun to watch uh, college football too. So I've always been a big Penn State fan. So I'd say they're like Sixers one A, Penn State one B. So what's your answer then? So my answer would be like well. It's kind of like what Jacob said about Rory and Ricky winning the major. The Sixers are never going to win an NBA title. We can assume that they would in this case, but I would definitely pick Penn State uh, five straight national championships. Also, quickly on that note, I would love Penn State to win too because I think Michigan fans are like disgustingly arrogant and annoying when they actually haven't won anything in like a century. Retweet. So I would love to be able to see any Michigan fan in my life and just and just basically dunk on them and make them feel bad about themselves and their fandom. So I'm going to go with Penn State, five years straight, national title. Love that plus answer. Plus 2,000 this year, by the way. Pin-seeking college football. I bet them plus 450 to make the playoff. Their schedule is cake. They have to split games with Ohio State and Michigan, which I'm sure they won't, and they're in. Easy money, lock. Easy money, go lock. Go Penn State football. I Love am a, first and foremost, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. It's not even close. I'm a Cubs fan as well, and and like kind of, I I don't think I have a good answer to this question. The Cubs winning five years in a row would be really cool. Like five years, five years. Packers Super Bowl. There's nothing like it for me. I'll take that next year. You've experienced both teams winning, right? This is another easy one for me. My favorite team is my favorite sports team is the New York Mets. And my second favorite sports team is the New York Jets. And I think all of us know... I think all of us know that neither of them are ever going to win a championship. So it's a moot point. 
Is that, is that, a, cop, is that a cop-out answer? No, that's a great answer, I think. I mean, yeah. this The Jets are going to be terrible probably this year again. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make a difference at all. Agreed. And the Mets are awful. Just awful. Just a miserable franchise regardless of who owns them. And they'll break down my hopes and dreams every year like they have for the last 25. Great question. Can I actually get a quick follow-up? Yeah. I actually have a follow-up question for both of you. Um, so like, even more than I love to love my teams, I love to hate on other teams. And there's certain teams and specific athletes too where I just like I literally pray that they never do anything successful and they never win again or they never win in the first place, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, who's one athlete or one team that you, if you could just wave a magic wand right now, they never win a single championship ever again? Yeah. Easy one. For me, it's the Boston Celtics. Boston fans, I hate all of you. Because my teams are absolutely awful, uh, I consider myself in the category of lifelong losers when it comes to the sporting world. And therefore, my Super Bowl is the Yankees losing in the playoffs every year. It is by far the best day of the sporting calendar. Uh, It'll happen again this year, which is thrilling. And I can't wait to see all of the Yankees fans get excited about, you know, Aaron Judge breaking records and all of them. And then they'll inevitably crumble under the postseason pressure because their team is garbage again. I I have a disdain for the Chicago Bears that just is is built into the the whole which rivalry makes, thing. Which makes I mean I know well, why you're a Packers fan, but I grew up in you, Chicago. You live in so Chicago. It's like I've always been the the guy on the island, and it's been easy. Yep. You know, like it, it yeah, it's it's, it's kind of low easy. hanging fruit. But I, I gotta say, like watching Bryson DeChambeau miss miss cuts by a billion. <laughs> is yeah, is a close is second for me that is really fun i don't like I, that he's I, playing good golf right on, now on a on a golf note watching phil mickelson never be able to yes. win a u.s open in his career has given me so much joy i i'm not gonna say i was nervous when he when he was like a couple under on thursday but seeing him miss the cut was just laughable and i love seeing him fail mc lock yeah that was a good one that's a fun one. Great answer. Good question, Karsh. You're fitting right in. All right. Would you rather never watch TV again or never listen to music again? Super easy for me. I would never watch TV again. So like most of my screen time is spent playing like Rocket League or like online Catan because I'm a complete loser. Okay. Okay. Would you rather uh I was just rephrasing for Andrew. Would you rather never play video games ever again or never listen to music ever. i had to hold my arm up for that it was so tiring but the answer is i would mm, so tough probably i'd never play video games again if i had to choose because as much as i love rocket league and online Catan and just wasting my life away playing those games like if i didn't have music then like my my walking around the city just like walking around would be affected like my exercise would be like i would never work out again if i couldn't listen to music and also music's like this weird beautiful rare thing where it can make you feel things that like really nothing else can it's one of the best human innovations in my opinion so i even though i even though i don't love listening to music all the time and i much i get like a greater joy like peak joy from video games i'll go with music yeah i'm on the other side of this one i'm not a music guy it's like my personality flaw I just I'm not good at music. I'm not huge, good at listening to huge music. Red flag. I know. Yeah, it's bad. I I like music. I actually I agree with <laughs> everything that you said there, but I like live sports too much to not be able to watch yep. it. Yeah. I kind of 
I kind of feel like I'm on that boat. I, uh, I, I've been through phases in my life where I listen to like just nonstop music. Right now I'm listening to more podcasts. Are we going to count podcasts as music? The Pin Seeker pod. Especially, I only listen to the Pin Seeker pod. If you ever see me listening to anything, it's just me listening back to myself over and over again. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I like music. I have trouble finding new music sometimes which then puts me like in ruts of listening to the same song like over and over and over again. Uh, and then eventually I'll get tired of it and be like, okay, I don't really want to listen to the three songs that I've listened to a hundred times in a row again. And I'll go through like months, if not even years of just like not listening to that much music. Sometimes I do when I'm driving. Sometimes I do when I'm exercising. I used to be like a shower music person. I know you're a shower music person, right? Karsh is uh, a big music person. I know. I, I don't know why you said that you're not that big a music person. Well, I just feel like I struggle from this. I struggle with the same uh, issue as you do, where it's like I'll listen to like the same five like Lil Uzi Vert songs over and over again, and like nothing else really compares. And so it's like until Lil Uzi Vert comes out with more music, I'm just kind of like, damn, what am I doing? I Only also thought so you were gonna say I, I sometimes listen to music when I'm drunk, which I thought would have been cool. But yeah, Ooh, yeah, for me, driving, it's like never listen to music when driving. Unless I'm like trying to get like hyped up for something or like I'm really excited. Yeah, stay awake or just like if I'm like on my way to a fun event, like if we were to hang out in person or something and I hadn't seen you guys in a while, I'm driving, I'd, I'd definitely bump some like something like really, really hype because, you know, it's about to be like a hype time if I'm seeing my best friends. I love it while driving. I don't know. I like music. Thank God we never have to actually deal with this knock on wood. I'm a huge proponent of like because when I would drive to and from college back in the day, it was like four hour drive for me. I would always listen to I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor Swift over and over again. Banger. To make sure that I'm staying away. I don't like Taylor Swift, but, but that's neither a good song. Is yeah, that is a good song. Hey, you know, you, you lightning strikes if you yeah, put out there's enough some, music. Some people, some people aren't going to like that you said that, by the way. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm, She's the biggest part in the world. Yeah, but. She doesn't really golf, to my knowledge. No, she does. All right, I got I got some thoughts on Taylor Swift. So I was actually I was also traveling this past weekend, uh, like you, Patches. I was in uh, I was in Pittsburgh for for my grandmother's ninetieth birthday, and this whole family gathering, whole family reunion is so great. Um, the only problem with having the the family reunion was that the Taylor Swift Taylor Swift concert was in town in Pittsburgh. So our our dirty ratty hotel, which would normally be like sixty nine bucks a month, very nice people by the way though. Shout out Pittsburgh people, very nice. But dirty ratty hotel was like five hundred a night, and for like the entire weekend, two and a half straight days, all I had to listen to was one Taylor Swift when I walk in the lobby, and two my sister talking about how when you go to another concert you're expecting to listen to music when you go to taylor swift it's a whole production and it's like oh yeah great that production's worth that production's worth three thousand fucking dollars but yeah she's a she's a woman of the people she's a she's a humble girl who grew up on a on a several acre christmas tree farm and whose dad invested uh, so much money but yeah she's got a humble background so uh yeah i'm adding taylor swift to my list with rory maybe taylor swift i feel like taylor swift is kind of the rory of golf what are, you, what are you saying right now what does that even mean I, I think she has a couple majors, but she's not a proven winner. No, she's a, a she is like the Tiger Woods of music right now. Oh, oh my God. How could you disrespect Tiger Woods name like that? This is the biggest tour in music history. Taylor Swift never walked in a Hooters. You don't know that. Yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> I, 
I'm speculating. A lot of this is speculation. <laughs> yeah, this is all speculation. Taylor Wood. This would not oh. hold up in kangaroo court, I'll tell you that. Certainly not. No, she's Rory. Rory's her. Synonymous. You could, you're going to make a lot of people angry when I, you're saying this. I actually I don't, don't care. care. Like, oh, no, I have a bunch of, like, like 14 and 15-year-old girls who, like, to listen to someone talk over a no, beat coming at me online. Like, yeah. Actually, this and might you like hurt Taylor our Swift, pod. And, Everyone and you're not likes worried. Taylor Swift. I'm no. not any opinions you have if you like Taylor Swift. Everyone likes Taylor Invalidated. Swift. All right, I'm done. Sorry, Taylor. Next question. Okay. Would you rather... All three of us, by the way, have significant others somehow. Um, that's, that's not the question. Um, would you rather Flex. wear your significant other's underwear or go commando all the time? All right, I, I, easy answer again for me. Once again, um, without revealing too much about my personal life and out of respect to her, I won't go. I won't, you know, use the language I want to use. But but my girlfriend definitely wears these these. Uh, you know, it's they're cute little tight. I mean, it would it would go, it would be a tight fit, and I would have a big camel toe, and it would probably give me a wedgie and stuff. But like, but like, if I didn't have like as much hair as I did, yeah, I could like shave my legs and my ass and just be like a sexy little minx in like some tight red undies. So I think I could actually, yeah, I mean, when I was a little kid, I actually didn't wear underwear at all. I just didn't like the way it felt. And I would have this thing in elementary school where I'd go to the bathroom and I would just like, I would do like, <laughs> I would do like a daily check to be like, man, how much poop did I get in my pants today? Cause my oh parents, my, <laughs> my parents failed me and didn't potty train me. Then they didn't force me to get potty trained until after I was just like shitting myself every day in elementary school. So I'd go to the bathroom and I'd uh, I would just be like, man, how big's the how big's the streak of poop in my pants going to be today? And then my parents were like, maybe if you wear underwear, you can poop in those, take them off at some point during the day, and then free bird it. And I was like, why don't you guys just teach me how to wipe myself? And eventually, <laughs> eventually, I also couldn't tie my shoes until I was like nine. So there's that too. But yeah, I would wear my girlfriend's I'd wear my girlfriend's underwear. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I, yeah i'm almost gonna not comment on what you just said right there i i mean like i don't wear jeans but i wear like khakis mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to go commando on khakis that's why i'm wearing undies like next I, wear, question. I wear next question you don't you never answered the question <laughs> i i i said commando i'll leave it there that's it he he answered the question get more out of you here he answered so, the question i what do you want from me he did not he barely answered the question he started talking I, about something completely different. I think we need to clip that immediately. I, I, I got nothing to add. What's Fine. your answer? Probably Commando. See? Smart guy. I could do like maybe granny panties, but... Like the baggy ones? I Yeah. I'm, I have really large legs. I don't think I'd fit in anything she wears. Okay. This might get a little controversial, so let's... Despite what just happened, let's let's try to keep this one <laughs> relatively civil. Uh, oh boy! Or who who knows what's going to happen? Would you rather right now live in Russia or China? I might have an answer. Why don't Patrick? You want to go first because I go on first for like all of them. I I think you should go. All right. So like this will be like a, I'll try to keep it as real as possible based on what I do know about the two. So like I know that in China the the air quality is like really really bad. So like. If you're listening and you live in like New York or Philly or like, you know, Northeast uh, US where you're dealing with like a lot of the smoke from Canada, uh, apparently in major cities in China, since there's like, you know, so many people in them, so highly concentrated, air quality is really bad. They also smoke a lot of cigs. Uh, 
they do everywhere, which I guess is fair, but there's so many people there. So like the air quality would be bad. I think it's kind of like hot. And also if you don't live in a city, you're kind of screwed because like most of Western China is like uninhabitable. I, well, but here's the thing about Russia is in Russia, they actually sell um, nitrous balloons in Burger Kings. So if you go to Burger King for a, like a double Whopper or something, um, no lettuce, no tomato, you can, also, you can also get like really, really high on, uh, on like laughing gas from these balloons. And they're like a buck each or like a ruble, whatever it would be. So it'd be on colder, the dollar menu. Heavier, way more cheap vodka. And also I can get high on nitrous when I go to Burger King. So I'm going to live in Russia. Patrick? The question was, would I rather live? Would you rather live in Russia or China? I think China. I, th- I think Karsh put it well. Given Karsh put it well? Yeah, yeah, he put it okay. I want to live in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I think for the same. I think. I think for the same reason. Listen. Oh, I listened. I. Uh... I'm a one. I'm a one-time special guest on the on the pod. Your first guest. You're not even listening to me when I answer. No, the no, no, no. I I like I, I like I like all the arguments you made for China initially. Okay. I think those are those those are reasons to stay. Right, like the the low air quality the. The nature and the West well, Coast. I think we can all agree with the fact that we really do not like either of these governments. Both. I'm kind of are... caught off guard by the question. I, I feel yeah, unprepared. No, that's. I yeah. don't really want to live in. <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah, we we went from asking you about uh, what has better golf courses. LACC I feel like there, to this. there are no Russian golf courses. Oh, China definitely has better golf courses. They have night I'll golf. Play, in China. Yeah. I won't Depends play golf. Where you live though. Like how t- how Tong Li, yeah, you know he's in the Open Championship. No way. Yeah, did he qualify? He did. No. Um, I I would say China because I like Chinese food, and I don't like vodka that much, so I wouldn't really get along very well in Russia. I don't think. Uh, even though my ancestors are from Russia, so I'm th- I'm actually Russian. I think Karsh put it well. China is a great answer. Just to be clear, just so we're all clear, I don't want to be misquoted. Um, I want to live in Russia because it's cold and I can suck down those balloons. Wait, you you can't change your answer. Patches wants to live in China because of the great reasons that I listed, such as he wants to live somewhere where there's really low air quality. Yeah, great, great fucking answer, Patches. Cigarettes. He just wants all the cigarettes. That's why. I guess no, All right. if you think if you think people in Russia don't chain smoke, you're absolutely wrong. You remember the kid from China, the video of the kid from China? I think it was China. Uh, we were much younger. The kid who was like four years old who'd smoke like forty packs of cigarettes a day. Neither, neither no. of you remember. Neither of you remember that one. Who's this guy? Well, look it up. There's a video. It's just like this really chubby baby who just smokes. I don't know hundreds of cigarettes a day. To the point where he was a tourist attraction, and they know his hey, dad. His dad would like charge people. You see this kid? Oh no, this is Indonesia. Oh damn! All right, invalid well, moot point. But anyway, Ch- the kid, chubby the kid got two taken year away old from his parents. Thankfully, <laughs> chubby two year old chain smoker who puffed forty a day, taken away from his parents, looks. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's uh, looks unrecognizable from seven years ago. Yep, he's completely transformed his life. Really? Is he skinny now? I mean, he yeah, I, he looks okay. 
All right. Said to be still smoking. Oh, no. I mean, that not surprising. <laughs> yeah. He was smoked. He smoked a lot when he was Wait, a baby. The, the boy. No, 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 no. He's good now. He's good now. Misquoted. The boy explains that it was very difficult to kick smoking. It was hard for me to stop. Probably right. what happens when you smoke 40 a day. Does he smoke on? Does he ever smoke on the patch or anything like that? Or is he not big enough for that? Nope. Only big guys. Daddy's grown up. His dad gave him his first cigarette when he was 18 months old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing, but that is just miserable. Are you Glad kidding? He got his life together. So All right, people would go visit here and be yeah, like, "I want to go." It was a tourist attraction. I'm serious. Jesus. And Christ. then eventually, That's... one of the tourists probably was like, "Uh, we should probably call like protective services." This is yeah. You think? Yeah. Oh, he was big news for for a while before that happened. Okay. Would you rather accidentally like an old photo of your ex on Instagram, or accidentally send a text a sext to your mom? Uh, like a an old photo, for like, sure. Without a doubt, like an old photo, because like I don't even have to talk to my ex. It's just be like a weird thing where they're like, "Why do you like my photo?" Whereas like my mom, my mom would have to nah. Yep. I don't. I don't want to put my mom through that. I I think anybody that answers the second is certifiably crazy and should be put away. What if? Yeah, that was kind of a bad question. No, I think that's a no-brainer. I think that's a no-brainer. Okay. Would you rather walk in on your parents having sex or have them walk in on you having sex? (laughs) What is going on, man? So easy for me. Like, what's the worst thing that my parents are should We should cut this off. (laughs) All righty. So that was a pin seek. We got a pin seek now. That was that was Andrew. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was, it's great to be here, guys. Um, you want to stay on for some from some pin seeking? Yeah, I would love to. I'm gonna pick some. I'm gonna pick some locks. All right. All right. So he knows nothing about golf, and we thought it would be great to just like get get us a winner somehow. So right. Andrew so is going to show us up. Um, we're gonna we're we're gonna be looking at the odds while we're doing this. So. For starters, the first thing that we do is that we have a pick to click, right? So essentially, you can take patches. Why don't we just do everybody? Yeah, for the sure. pick to click. Yeah, pick just to, like that's fine. It's just it it, it was yeah, meant to not yeah, say yeah. yeah, just like don't say Scotty Scheffler because he's literally yeah. plus six hundred in every single player. tournament. Yeah. That's kind of the the origin of of doing this, and we we might even change it. But it's it's supposed to be a guy that like the guy that's we've we've all heard of, but you just like him to play well this week. So, so um, what do you what do you think? Like, I think it's like forty and below. Yeah, like fi- yeah, forty, so like fifty, and below. And down. You see, yeah. yeah. Ooh. You want me to start us off? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. I like uh, Tom Kim. Oh, did we even say the Travelers is this week? It's an elevated event. Yeah, great course. The, that was a that was a, a flaw in our part. I I really like the Travelers. I have a personal connection to the Travelers from New Jersey, so it's about it's in like just outside Hartford on a really nice golf course in like a okay suburb of Hartford and um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful property. The course is really fun. It's a really good spectator course. It's actually probably. 
one of the best tournaments fan wise. Like they've grown it over the last few years. The players' um, invitation or the really players' championship. Yeah, it's like really, it's like second to the waste management. Yeah, it's a it, it's a good one. Um, if you ever get a chance to go, I really really recommend. It's good that they're getting the top players there, and this I I actually this tournament almost always delivers. It's the playoff tournament. There's always a playoff. They've been making it a lot harder over the last few years, too. Um, so if the weather cooperates, I guarantee that the scores will be higher than everyone thinks for such a... It's a really short course, so like 6,900 yards, I think. It's second shortest only to Pebble. So it's uh, a lot of good winners here. Bubba won a bunch of times. Spieth won once. Dustin Johnson won once. Another really Thank good you. player, Ches Revi won once. Ball striking. I, I think that you can compare it to a few places, maybe Colonial in uh in Texas. And uh, I saw a couple RBC uh, Harbortown comps as well, just because the ball striking has to be pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, Scottsdale. So I think TPC courses. Pete Dye. Pete Dye courses. What else? There's another one. Oh, I, I've seen some Augusta, like the Bubba DJ. Yeah, uh, but obviously a lot shorter. So, so yeah, yeah. Let me let me just say my piece on Tom Kim. Uh, he he showed signs of life last week after a really uninspiring start to the year. I think that he has the game to get it done at a place like this if he's hitting his irons as solid as he did down the stretch at the U.S. Open, and he's shown the ability to get a hot putter. I think a lot of people liked him at Harbortown, and I'm using that comp a little bit. He's wanted a TPC course, albeit in Vegas, with much lower scores in October. But yeah, I like I like where his game's at, and I think he could pose a threat this week. All right. Uh, I'll go next. My my pick to click is Victor Hovland. Tough not to like him. He didn't like the course last week. Yeah, I mean, he's playing too good. One kind of off week for him doesn't scare me. Uh, if I think the course will play a little harder than people think. And he's just not going to... They usually grow out the rough to where it's like super penal if you miss the fairways. And yep. if you want someone hitting the fairways, he's your guy. Tough not to like that. And you, you did you say our pick to click is uh, uh forty to one or or better? Like, yeah, like these guys. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, cool. Because I have picks for later. Then all right, I'm gonna go with John Rom. John Rom. He he uh he won the Masters. Uh, his dad died or something, and he was inspired by that other. Where is he from? Oh, this is this is Spain, not true. And he was inspired by um, that other Spanish golfer that won or something. Oh, who did die? Yes, who did die? Sebi. In honor of John Rahm's dad is alive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in honor of in honor of him and these these uh, ghosts that he's chasing. If you got if you want to chase ghosts, you got to win more more championships. So John Rahm, easy pick this weekend to win. Harsh, I love it. I love it. So I think sad. it's great. All right, let's uh let's go to the long shot. Okay, I, I'm, mine. I'm going Nick Hardy. He's 250 to one. Won the Zurich this year with uh, Davis Riley. Nick Hardy. Oh, I have my lock. Easy. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Byung Hoon On. Ben, ben On. Byung Hoon On. Um, 
150 to one. And yeah, I think that he's really going to show out. Played well this year. There you go. Jacob. Okay. So depends how low we want to go, really. I'm going to go really low. Oh, boy. Like really low. 350. Doug Gim. I don't hate it. Good. I mean, he's he's been around some of these events quite well. Maybe a little also, first later. Personal shout out: two thousand to one, Jim Herman. Uh, my buddies and I, when we went to this tournament, his caddy was arguing with one of my friends about whether the ball that they hit it was a blind blind tee shot, so you couldn't see where the the ball landed. It's the second hole, and he was arguing with one of my buddies about if the ball was in the fairway or not, because we were the only people there. Obviously, we were the only people watching Jim Herman play practice round. And he was I think he was playing with Cody Gribble. And Jim Herman's caddy was like, okay, well, if you're going to argue me, then you can do my job for me. So you can come carry this bag up this huge hill. So we went and we carried the two pros bags, walked a hole with them and caddied for them. It was pretty sick. That's pretty epic. Jim Herman. So to be clear, you don't like him this week. Jim Herman? Yeah. I don't like him any week. He's bad. But super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. That's a fun experience. I mean, that's what you get for watching a Jim Herman practice round. I I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, there are actually a lot of guys way down the list that could do okay here how about michael thorbjornson you said that name before didn't he finish like third here last year or something yeah something like that yeah he's 500 to one don't hate that either but did I he just, lose his I mean, I, I think he's good enough yeah probably this, not i mean this it's course kind of event. yeah this i mean it's the field is really good and this course neutralizes uh a bit of like the you know you you can get a higher range of winners here due to the length of it it's not a right. U.S. Open where where some guys just don't have a chance right off the bat, um, and that that's actually be... it is it is a bit. Although I say it's going to play tougher than people think, it is a bit resorty, Tony, which is a hint for later. Uh, so let me just say real quick, length does help you here, even though it's not it's it's not like Harbor Town where it's just completely neutralized because Ch- of what Ches you have to Re- play. Revy won this golf tournament. I understand, but so did DJ. So you're just saying length helps you. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. <laughs> Say there have been some long winners. All right. Who's your uh, dark horse? Karsh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for my dark horse, you guys are going to love this one. Um, Austin Eckrote. Sounds like sounds like a combination of Austin Eckler and, and Throat. Austin Eckthroat. So Austin Eckrote, 80 to 1. Uh, probably going probably gonna to kick some ass. Um, and... Okay, well, let's let's ride with the let's ride with the road goat then, Austin Eckroat. <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> the, the road goat. <laughs> we gotta That's have you great. on more. That's great. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, absolute comedy and almost a guarantee that Carter's picks will do better than ours. Austin Eckroat. My dark horse is Jesus. Aberg, Ludwig Aberg. Uh, he's uh, nasty. He's going to yeah, be really good. He's nasty. He's going to be really good. He's the best college player. And and yep. on that note, actually, 
So the best college player gets an automatic PGA Tour spot now these days. And I think the two through five or five through 10 or something like that get Corn Ferry Tour membership, which is like the triple A's. That's what I was talking about. And the last two weeks. So this is two weeks ago. This went into went into effect the first week. Audrey, I'm going to butcher this, Adrian Dumont Duchassard or something, this Belgian kid from Ill- University of Illinois, won in his first Corn Ferry Tour event. And then, next, and then the week after that, Ricky Castillo from the University of Florida won in his second Corn Ferry Tour event. So the college kids are currently dominating the professionals. And, and uh, here's my Who hope shot that- a 60? Who shot a 60? A la Toasty. Uh, shout out Toasty. 60 on Sunday to finish in fourth place i believe one shot out of a playoff stack uh, re- top five absolutely incredible round he was super pumped mentioned it to him here's to hope that um the college dominance continues a little bit that'd be sick if he won would be my long shots uh a guy that i don't know why he's in this range it seems like an overcorrection shane lowry should theoretically fit the course pretty well if he's ball striking it he uh has put up a top 15 here before there's a sneaky uh necessary ability to get get up and down around this course which kind of scared me from hovland because i'm still not a full-on believer in a short game but shane knows how to do that and yeah i I don't know why he's 70 to 1 seems kind of crazy to me like tommy fleetwood is 25 to 1 and shane lowry is almost triple that that doesn't make sense. So I'll go Shane, a popular guy that we... Oh, boy. I want to say I... Okay. I'm not going to overthink it. What, your winner? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that this is... I know, I know. I'm not going to pick him, but I think Tommy Fleetwood might win. I just... I'm, I'm not doing anyone who did get at the U.S. Open. I uh, like it, man. I, 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 I'm not picking him, though. That, that's not... I'm not going to do so, it. So good. I'm gonna pick He's him playing to miss so the, well. I'm gonna pick him to miss the cut, actually. Love it. My pick to win is Tony Finau. The resort course hero, Tony Finau. Like I said, I asked Adam Hadwin if I should pick him in this tournament. I asked the same thing to Tony Finau on the same day and got a very, very different reaction. Tony said, Absolutely, this is the week. Well, now that week was like seven years ago, but I'm running it back with him this week. Are you worried at all that this is an elevated no. event? Are I'm, you sure? I'm not worried about anything. Okay. I I can't even... I, I won't even... You guys know I hate the pick. Yep. That's honestly but half the reason why I'm doing it. I kind of like... It. I, whatever. Mix it up. Karsh, I'm going to save you for last. Uh, I, I'm stealing one of your earlier picks. John Rahm is 12 to 1. That is the highest he's been on the odds board essentially all year. I don't get it at all. I think that John Rahm should be a lot lower. I think he wins this week. Showing signs of life, backdooring, of course. His game isn't where it once was earlier in the year, but time to turn that around. So I've got Rahm taking it home this week for his, what, fourth? Tournament of the year, maybe fifth. Sounds about right. So wait, fifth. do I do I get another do I get another pick now, or was it three each? You get a winner. Your winner. Oh, so okay. So I have Rom, 
I have Ekro. I have Beyong. Um, let's see really quickly. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh with this guy sixty sixty to one. Um, sticking with the theme of of good names, uh, Sahith Figala. Ooh, um, Sahith Sahith uh, the Gala. He is going to I. Is he the guy that like kind of burst onto the scene at the Masters, or am I yes. thinking of somebody else? He chipped Egypt. in, yeah. Um, I like his name, and I think that he's hungry, much much like this tournament. He is a traveler, and I think that's going to play well in his favor. And I think he he Rom Beyong and Ekthroat will be vying for the top. Okay, so I'm not sure if you know this, but Sahith Gala needed what a par to win last year. Yep. on on the final hole. And he drove it into the fairway bunker, tried to hit it out, hit the lip, got himself in trouble, made double bogey to finish one back of Xander Shoffley. Well, one thing I'll say is I know that Sahith is hungry, and I know that Maybe he's two. trying to get a big win, and I know that we all love a good redemption arc uh, in sports. That's for sure. We love tearing winners like Sahith down, only to bring them back up later on when they actually do come back, conquer their demons, and win. So uh, if, if you want to make some money this weekend, definitely bet on Sahith. I love it. Pretty good. I I'm shocked at how good his picks were. So they were awesome. This is this is gonna go really really poorly for us. I think Padges. Honestly, man, if it breaks the curse, though, like if if he just gives out some winners, yeah. I'm okay with it. Let's go. I I'm, I mean, of course, I'm okay with it. We we might have to quit and let him do the show, but yeah, other right. than that, that's fine. It is fine. Uh, okay, are we doing DFL this week? Dead last, of course. We have to. We haven't right. hit one yet. Yeah. All right. I'm going with uh, Jim Herman. Atta boy. <laughs> um, I'll go with JB Holmes. Badges, who'd you pick as your winner? John, John Rom. Ah, shit. I also have <laughs> Rom. I think uh, I'm going to pick. Uh, what was that name? I'm going to pick. Garrick Higo, that's a lame fucking name. Garrick Higo, dead fucking last. <laughs> nice name. Adam all right. All right. Well, we all know JT is going to be the actual DFL, the way he's no, playing. No, no, no. I hope not. I'm rooting he's, for JT. He's 65 to 1. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting almost there. go zone. It's almost couple, go zone. A couple more miscuts and patches. We got to take, we got to do something oh, with that. Yeah. Give me a 90. Woo. Oh, man. The open. Ooh. Ooh. doesn't have the short game for that best, best uh, win player yes he does best win player in the world by the way or used to be so, was at one point one final really quick question so i know that we're kind of on a time straight so i interrupt but i have one final question since i don't know when the next time i'll be on here is really quickly for you guys uh if you were to pick a you're golfing with two people one of them has to be a pro one of them can be basically anybody alive or dead uh like the dinner party question who are you golfing with uh, and i guess what like a pro am or whatever with two people so the person has to be dead or just anybody? literally one of them just has to be a, a pro golfer could even be a dead former pro golfer but a pro golfer and then celeb or just like you know somebody at all from anywhere that you'd like to golf with as well could be someone you know don't know etc can they be alive yes Okay, I'd golf with Tiger Woods and Jacob. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's very nice. Well, that'd would, be awesome. I would, I would also golf with Tiger Woods, and <laughs> and his son Charlie Woods. Oh, I'd be so much more fun than Charlie. 
<laughs> Come on. Yeah, we'd have a few more beers than me and Charlie would probably. How about but... Tiger Woods and Taylor Swift because you view them the same? I would love that. Are you kidding? Sure, I'll do that. I would gladly be a part of that threesome. Oh. Metaphorically, of course. Yes. All right. Uh, last thing here, real quick update on the majors competition. It actually oh, got yeah. pretty tight. Oh, I no. lost Max Homa uh, to the cut. Shout out, homeboy, LACC. Great, great yep. round on Friday. Uh, so I have Rombo and Xander, who both came through with a backdoor top 10. No dead heat. So I get three points each. I'm sitting okay. at seven points. And Jacob got another five from Scotty, the T3 god. So Jacob has Scotty and Hatton, our, our Open Championship unofficial winner. And he has 11 points. He's up on me by four. So I have Rombo and Xander needing to outperform perform those boys. And spoiler alert, I like Xander and Hatton I thought a, a top lot. five was like 10 points. No, it's five. I feel like you're five. changing this while we're going. Go back and check the tape, but I wouldn't put it past me to do that. I mean, I'm going to need to go back and check the tape because I'm extremely nervous. Yeah, was Xander and Rom against Scotty and Hatton? Open's not a Scotty course. Everything's a Scotty course. Don't be ridiculous. That putter. Thanks, Andrew. Should have awesome. won, we'll won the back. U.S. Open, but... Uh, all right. This was fun. Thanks for coming on again, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Great podcast. Uh, you guys said I was your inspiration. You guys definitely inspire me sometimes when I don't want to do photography stuff. I see you guys posting consistently, and you're doing a great job. Let's go. Keep grinding. Pinsinger pod for life. Appreciate Absolutely. it. And We're please follow... Follow the Pin Seeker Pod on social media and also follow Andrew Karsh Photo. No punctuation, no spaces. He is awesome. So great shoot stuff. him a follow. That'd be great. We will uh we'll talk to you guys soon. Episode 10, milestone. See you next week.